Welcome to the Girlfriend God, a podcast in search of and in service to the Divine Feminine, bringing you an equal mix of academic research and emotional spiritual experience. Please rate and review on your podcast streaming platform. We'll leave a comment on YouTube. Be sure to hit like and subscribe. Let's get in the flow. Welcome to the Girlfriend God. Today, I am happy to welcome Kimra. It's Kimra, right? Yep, Kimra. Okay. Kimra Minuti. Minuti, is that right? I probably should have gotten that way beforehand, but... No, you did great. You're like, I can read. I got this. (laughs) Uh, uh, Kimra is an intuitive ascension coach, a certified life coach, a Reiki master, a spiritual consultant, and an author an expert shadow healer, and she works by coaching clients to taproot their soul by transforming their lives holistically through addressing gut, heart, and mind issues that are keeping them from living their best lives. She's also the host of a practical spirituality podcast called Gaia Soars and the author of an inspirational poetry book called Lighten Up Phoenix, Keep Rising, which is available on Amazon. So Kimra, welcome to the show. Um, Thank you. I, you already know this, but just for our listeners. So I reached out to you and asked you if you wanted to come on the show because I discovered your podcast and I don't remember what the title of the episode was, but you were out and it was very windy. You were like oh. in the woods somewhere and it was very windy. But like the first thing you said, you were like, I just want to talk about the goddess and how much I fucking love the goddess and she means everything to me. And I was like, Oh my God, that's what I talk about. I need to talk to this woman. So here you are here. you are. And I'm, I'm so grateful, honestly, um, that I can be in a space where I can say that at this point in time without getting immediately stoned. (laughs) Yes. Hashtag we're winning. Right. And um, I have been on a social media spiritual journey since about 2019, coming out of like the spiritual broom closet, putting my face back, changing my brand, like expanding my business, getting certified, doing all these things. Mm -hmm. And in that process, the goddess has kind of been on the back burner and not intentionally, Mm -hmm. but just the world has been making more space for her. Right. Right. And um, finally, I want to say, God, it's only been like five months, maybe longer, maybe like six months in the last six months, my spirit guides had me change all of my taglines. They're like, it has to say in service to the goddess, you have to change your logo. I just changed my logo. They're doing the final touches on it. And it also says in service to the goddess, um my nickname has been goddess for years and in fact when i send people airdrop things with my iphone mm-hmm. my, my phone has been named goddess for like seven years <laughs> but whenever i airdrop things to you it says uh-huh. you, you want to accept these photos from the goddess <laughs> which yes <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> clearly <laughs> right and so 
inadvertently it's become mm-hmm. a part of every aspect of my life right without being a disempowering aspect of my life yes can i do things without the goddess absolutely and will i suffer by doing them without her no but do i prefer mm. to have her in every deal like every dealing and every job or thought that i have yes i would prefer that because then i know i don't have to redo that step i know that it wasn't me reacting from trauma and bullshit right. and right right and i know that whatever it is that i'm doing has a better longevity right then if i'm in a reactive traumatic ungrounded unconnected state right right, right. so I know you had said to me that briefly in email that, you know, did you think people could do shadow work without the goddess in it? And the answer is absolutely 1000%. They can, they absolutely can. But what I have found is that what I have found for me personally is that you're going to do shadow work no matter what, if you want to continue on your spiritual path, no matter who it is that you ascribe to. Girl, if you don't do shadow work, shadow work will do you. Will do you. Thank (laughs) you. We agree on this statement, right? So shadow work will do you and it will do you in the most painful way. Now, being being in service to the goddess has not been pain-free in any way, shape, or form. I hear that. I hear that. So let's let's talk about uh let's talk about uh, just for the benefit of our listeners what is your definition of shadow work and do you know i should have looked this up before we recorded this episode but i did not like when that phrase kind of fell into popular culture because that phrase has been around for a long time but i think a lot of times people don't really understand what it means like you could be casual about it right and say that going to therapy is shadow work or doing inner child work is shadow work or listen yeah all of that is shadow work because at the end of the day shadow work for me the way that i define it and carl Mm -hmm. young is the first person who coined the phrase that's what i thought and i have a bachelor's in psychology so this has been in my blood for the longest i started reading an abnormal psych book when i was nine years old because i was like what the fuck is wrong with people I was like, there gotta be something. So I picked up a book. My parents told me you could find answers in books. So I picked up a book, right? So that's what I did. And it was shadow work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was like, mm-hmm. oh, okay. And um, so basically to me, and I have a shadow work course on my website. It's a basic <laughs> shadow work course. It means that you are now taking the time to scrutinize your hurts, all of them, your traumas, your micro and macro the things that weren't given to you inner child for parenting wise, mm-hmm. your relationships, your your relationships with money, with yourself, with food, with your family, your relationships, your job, that's shadow work. Because you have to dissect all of these pieces of self right. and then you have to integrate them. Okay. Right. And when you're not integrated, you'll see that in people's lives. They're fragmented, they're scattered, shit's right, all over the right. place. Things happen to them and they just react to them. So that is what I call being ungrounded and running from your shadow. Right. Because when you face your shadow, you'll find so much. Like I always say, you'll find all the gold in your life in your shadow. 
Right. And it's, by it's, the way, I, for, I forgot to say in your little introduction, all the social media links that you sent me and where to find you online and where to buy your book, those will all be in the show notes uh, when the episode goes live. So it is all there. I just didn't want to read through. I just didn't want to read all the blah, 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 dot com, blah, 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 dot com. I have blah, blah, so many com. social media links. Like, <laughs> Look, people go to www.kimmermanuti.com and click the links. Okay, cool. Right, right. <laughs> or find me on TikTok. That'll be faster because that's mostly right, right. where I am. Right, right. <laughs> so, yeah. but anyway, so what you just said. So I remember, so I'm a big Marianne Williamson fan. And uh, I remember listening to her, you know, that whole speech that she's famous for, right? Like we fear our light more than we fear our darkness. We fear our success more than we fear our failure. And the first Correct. time I heard her talk about that, she said, you know, we are so afraid to go in there and go down there because we think it's dark and it's scary. But really, all that is down there is light. Literally that's down there is light. Because once you once you start to. Let me rewind that statement. The thing that people don't realize is that your mind is like a knife right so it chops things up and it only has that ability it has the ability to dissect and chop things your heart has the ability to bring meaning and put things together and and make things whole again right. and so when you are just letting your mind run rampant mm -hmm. you're making mountains out of molehills so right. your traumas get exponentially bigger the, right. the more you cover your eyes from them. Right. You've already been through the worst part of it. You survived right. the trauma. So right. why can't you look at it? Right. You have to, at some point, at least at a minimum, acknowledge that some shit happened to you that is not right. palatable. And that it's affected your forward progress. And then you got to, then you have to go, okay, what can I do about it? Well, and I think the other thing is that for me, in my experience, a lot of the shadow work that I've done has been about looking at things about myself that I don't like. Correct. Because in order to do that, first, I have to admit that I even have those things. Right. And who wants to do that? Who well, wants to deflate their ego and have a little humility and say, you know what? I have some things that I could probably work on. Listen, I could be a better person. I couldn't, you know. I learned the hard way because I'm extremely hard-headed and difficult to to like, I'm stubborn, right? So yeah, <clears throat> I learned that if I didn't start looking at it, the universe would just slap me with it in the most yep. fucked up way. That's that so, whole, if what we resist persists. Multiplies <laughs> right. So once I started catching on to that pattern, and mind you, mm -hmm. I'm, 41 i'll be 42 this year i've only been actively deconstructing christianity my shadow and all of this stuff for 11 years now before that i was just like everybody else even though i was highly sensitive even though i already worked with like wiccan and pagan and i was a a, a priestess i was initiated into the priestesshood of the goddess best in 2005 mm -hmm. like i'd been working on all these things but my life was in shambles mm -hmm. and i'd been in therapy life was still in shambles mm -hmm. i was like what's going on i had all of these mental health issues 
life is still in shambles. And I'm like, where is this coming from? So finally, I was like, I'm tired of living like this. This is not living. I'm always miserable. I'm always around people who take advantage of me. I seem to be a sin eater for others. Mm. And I don't know why. Like I was literally taking on people's health issues, their mental issues, their financial issues. I, and I was like, why am I the receptacle for all this bullshit? Right. <laughs> why? Why? And and through wanting to understand that aspect of my life, mm-hmm. I was then able to start going down the rabbit hole of stripping away the traumas and right. putting back in boundaries. Right. So it's not right. it's a two process. You don't just do shadow work. You do shadow work and you gain fucking boundaries. OK. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Because right. the majority of the spiritualists that I have met are people who were never taught boundaries because they're mostly empaths who were abused by narcissists. <laughs> like that's supposed to be the bulk of the spiritualists that I meet. Right. And right. They're also old school souls who are expecting a village to take care of them, but we have no village for our services anymore. Right. And so you have to get good with money, right. which that's mm-hmm. not a lot of spiritualists. That's not a right, lot of, right. right. And and that comes from an old concept. Um, and so you have to break out of these different, these different, like, societal norms that were placed on you and that's what the spiritual Uh awakening is right like i'm an ascension coach the awakening is stripping back what society has told you you should do who you should be what you should like want and then actually getting back to the root cause of yourself and finding out what your soul wants what you're excited about what you love what your purpose is and how you're here to help once you get back to that like i call that getting back to center once you get back to center and then you ground your intentions into the will of the goddess or whoever you choose to to practice under. Right. Things will drastically change in your life. Right. Yes. Yes. So. So back to our original topic. Yes. I, I believe what I said to you was, I don't think successful uh, for lack of a better term, shadow work is possible without the goddess and you said "Hmm, i'm gonna have to disagree with you on that so let's talk about that right so for for me for me i it's so funny because christians find out that i'm not a christian and they're like so you're not religious and i'm like no i am actually very deeply religious i'm just not just not your religion you know what i mean and i do say spiritual but i say i'm religious because i am very i am very devout and i am very devoted and i am very disciplined correct um, in in my in my practice um and i more and more i practice my own life Mm -hmm. but the more gratitude i have the better i am and so from there, I get to this place of, I really, I really have nothing without her. She is in, she is in everything. She is in everything I am. She is in everything I do. She is in everything I will do. She's in every life I've ever had. 
She's in everything I've ever done. She's in all the people that are in my life. You know what I mean? So, and the shadow work that I have done Mm -hmm. has taken me to the darkest places I have ever been. And I I would not have been able to come back from those places without her. Like I needed her as my guide to those dark, dark places, right? Because I, I mean, even you're talking about, you know, coming to the coming to the party late, right? I just turned 50 this past year. And I only started really, I mean, I've been on a goddess path like my whole life, right? Right. I didn't always know that. And like most people, I've been through a lot of different um iterations of that, right? Like I've done the whole Wicca thing and I've I've declared myself a witch. I don't really practice anymore, but if somebody asked me, are you a witch? I would still, I would still claim that title because I've done that kind of work. Correct. And I'm a, and I'm a, um, a trained past life regression hypnotist and, you know, and I went through the keeping her keys training to become a dedicated of Hecate. And, and it was actually Hecate that I worked with deeply I love her in the cave. I was in the cave. If you're going to do some literally shadow work, if you're going to do so, you're going to see Hecate, you're going to see Lilith, you're going to, those are your goddesses for that type of thing. Right. And for, and for me, and I, and I also, one of the benefits of living in Pittsburgh is that because we were close to a city, Mm -hmm. uh, there was a lot more openness about spirituality. So I actually had the opportunity to work with, um, to work with a shaman who was like, you know, like the real deal. Like it was in his native American bloodline and, um, and I had never had the opportunity uh, or the means uh, to do that before. So, but in retrospect, I think all of these things, right. And then, you know, I went through the whole neo-pagan phase and I tried to be a polytheist. And finally I was just like, you know what, that is, it's just not my jam. It's just not. And worshiping gods, male deities, also just not my jam. You know what I mean? My whole process has been, like you talked about, this coming home to myself and realizing, you know, really becoming true to what it is I believe and what it is I put my faith in and my trust in. And that is her. And it's always been her, regardless of what guys it took on, you know, at any given point in time. So I guess what I'm saying is I don't think I would have survived my own shadow work without her. No, that's a valid point. No, that's <laughs> totally valid. That's listen, that's totally valid. And so the reason that I said I can't completely agree with you on that is because mm-hmm. everybody I'm going to borrow this from from NAA or NAA. Mm-hmm. Everybody has the god of their own understanding. That's right. Right. And so I always say that to people. Mm-hmm. Um, you can borrow this from the Christian religion. God is made in my image. Well, so right. if you're a man, then you have a God. If you're a woman, you have a goddess. If you're trans, you have a trans God. Like, like right. that's right. who your higher power, source, creator, whatever you want to use. Right, is, right. right. I jaunted through the neo-paganism thing too. And so I, I picked up all the lingo, right? Right, But right. at the end of the day, as a feminine presenting individual and who responds back to me when I got problems. Right. 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 
this that's the one and the other thing i wanted to bring up that you mentioned which is a really good point the goddess comes in so many disguises she yeah. is a master of disguise. In fact, she's the mistress of disguise. Let's yes. just be 1,000. She has. So, so I got to interrupt you to tell you about the Diamond Head God, because this is my whole thing that I've been talking about. Okay. And I talk about it in like every episode in the second season. Perfect. Because <laughs> I didn't talk about it in the first season. So I call her. I often refer to her as the Diamond Head God, because I believe that all these phases that I've been through, different goddesses that I've worked with, different gods that I worked with, because when I was first working, I did work with other gods. Um, And all those other gods and goddesses that various religions or people of different faiths all around the world, that it it doesn't matter what you call it, whether it's Jesus or Buddha or Allah or or Hecate or Diana or Artemis, that they are all facets. Facets. Of her. That's why I call her the Diamond Head God. That's why the name of my podcast, which its tagline is in search of and in service to the divine feminine. Right. Right. Um, Because the girlfriend. Right. Both as a lover, partner, spouse and Mm -hmm. as a, you know, the girlfriend that you're going to talk smack about other people with. Correct. uh, or gossip with or whatever that got you know that hey girlfriend you know um that's why that's the name of the podcast the the girl i love that so anyway no i could no i completely agree with you um because as i became more goddess centric Mm -hmm. the range of goddesses that i had access to expanded yeah and i didn't even realize because i don't read almost anything mainstream related to spirituality. I literally channel almost all of the information that I've gotten, or it's things that I picked up as a child from books. Um, And so over time, my ability to work with multiple different goddesses, Mm -hmm. I was like, there's a theme here. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Like they're all the goddess. I was like, oh, I was like, Mm -hmm. okay. And then someone came out with the goddess warrior training thing. And I was like, oh, I was like, I do that. And I kept moving. And I, I haven't read it yet. Still, I don't know how long it's been. Now. It's been almost like a decade. Mm-hmm. I haven't read it because not because I don't feel like I could gain useful information from people, mm-hmm. but oftentimes, and I'm going to be okay with the arrogant way this is going to sound. <laughs> oftentimes I read something and I'm like, I already knew that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, same. I, I'm Claire cognizant, and so I get a lot of stuff from the spirit a right. lot. And I've always been called a know-it-all, and it's not that. It's that when you ask me a question, it activates basically the collective memory and the akashic to just open up, and then they dump info. So, right. right. Very rarely. Does someone bring something to me that I'm like, oh, that's brand new? No. Right. <laughs> no. Right. There's right. almost nothing new under the sun. Now, right. what people, what what I do listen to people for is for like what you talked about, the diamond head goddess. Right, right. Talking about the way that people's perspectives and understandings of the way a thing works. Right. Um, 
or just seeing it from a perspective that I don't normally see it from. That's what I listen to other people for because I need an outside viewpoint from my viewpoint. Mm -hmm, Okay. mm -hmm. But at the root of the majority of the things that I find other people follow, I'm like, irrelevant. (laughs) Okay. So, So tell me about shadow work without the goddess. So shadow work without the goddess is honestly a series of questions that you ask yourself and then you're, you're, you're fearless enough to answer. Okay. okay. And I understand why you said you needed the goddess to go to those dark places because right. the level of trauma that the world has inflicted on people, especially people in feminine bodies, especially people who are um, not neurotypical, who are not heteronormative, right. Who are not, um, constrained by binary gender concepts Mm -hmm. like the amount of of trauma inflicted on these individuals lends you to needing you need backup to go face that ugliness you need backup right and i always say when you're doing shadow work you have to set up a safe space for yourself to do it so you can so it can be accomplished because you're essentially re-traumatizing yourself Mm -hmm. in order to heal yourself right so you're like pulling the the scab off and you're like right right what's in there and you know your your spirituality your faith your um person of interest if you'd like to say is gonna be the bedrock or the the lidocaine around the the scab so that you can rip it off and only look at that section and not fall into the abyss of everything that's harmed you right? right right so that's one The second thing is I consider therapy to be shadow work. If you actually communicate with your therapist and you have a therapist that's not attacking you or re-traumatizing you, who is trauma-informed, who understands the nuances of your life, right? Um, Right. It's a form of shadow work because you are now, at a minimum, recognizing your emotional state. Right. Society does not allow for emotional states to be valid as of yet. We're getting to a more conscient, like people are like, oh, your emotions do matter and they cause a lot of problems. Yes, yes, duh. Mm -hmm. Crimes of passion. Right, 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 right. But what's (laughs) what's even more important than that is why do you react the way you do? Correct. And the emotional body, uh, most metaphysicians will tell you this, they know this. The emotional body reacts way faster than everything else. Yes. Everything else. And so the concept that your mind is running things, that's backwards as fuck. Like your emotions run things. And if you don't have an understanding of what is making up those emotions, where they're coming from, then you're just a reactive mess and people are out to get you and everybody is against you. And you have a very polarized viewpoint of life. Everything is either this or that. And guess what? Life is not this or that. Life is a continuum of grays. (laughs) Like there's there's a a whole smorgasbord of in-between. Okay. Right. Right. And, and I'm at the phase of my journey where I don't believe in good or evil. Like, are there things that are truly evil? Yes. But you know who they are? Human. Yes. (laughs) Okay. At the end of the day, we ourselves as human are the most evil thing because we're unwilling to recognize our own evilness and Mm -hmm. we are 
projecting it through the lens of Christianity, Christianity and other Abrahamic religions of this polarized concept of God and the devil, God and the devil. And you can always blame somebody else. No. Right, right. You got to take accountability for the fact that we have tons of pedophiles in our in our world. Right. Tons of them. And most of them are in your family. Okay, great. Let's have that <laughs> chat. Because until <laughs> we have that chat, right. we're not going to have people who don't stop molesting people. Right, right. We have to have that chat. And, the, and until you have that chat internally and you can face your own level of trauma related to that and we can uh, start looking at why sex is being demonized why bodily autonomy is being reduced right well patriarchy i'll just but, but why throw that one work right? out uh, right right, right. How did, so, how so, did we get, so we go we back to the concept. how did we get there so, right correct so we go back to the concept of the patriarchy why did the patriarchy even jettison into this point because the mother has always had the power. Yep. Always. Yeah. And if we give children autonomy and if we give women autonomy, what does the patriarchy have to stand on? <laughs> right. Exactly. So what about hmm. so as as I think I mentioned, I mean I did have some childhood trauma that I needed to look at, but I mean I'm a very blessed person and like true trauma, not to compare myself to, uh, well, I'm going to do that. I'm going to compare myself to others. I've been very fortunate. I've led a fairly charmed and easy, circumstantial, circumstantially easy life. Let me put it that way. Um, okay. But, but the shadow work. Identity crisis, I'm sorry. Right? You still had to deal with your identity situation. You don't have a heteronormative partnership. That's true. And that was traumatizing. I mean, like I said, I turned 50. So if you do the math, I grew up gay in the 80s, which wasn't, which was, which which wasn't, wasn't easy. Right. Right. But my the shadow work that brought me to my knees was the things that was the things was really learning to accept and integrate the things about myself that I despised. Anything that even remotely smelled like self-recrimination, self-loathing, self-hatred, self-doubt, self-whatever. That was the shit that brought me to those very dark places. Which, I mean, you could argue that those things are a result of past trauma. But well, or even but this. That, those, but that those, was where I needed a result. Hurt. Like, think about it. Those are the results of, let's just use your being gay in the 80s. That comes from being shown by others that being gay was not good enough, wasn't valid. Right. So then you hated the parts of you that wanted to be you. Right. Right. That's enough trauma, friend. It, it doesn't have to be deeper than that. And people right, really right. want to make it into so many worse things than it needs to be it doesn't right, need right. to be I get worse that. than that right like right and it's interesting because when they look at studies of children who are in the same family and have traumatic events happen at the same mm -hmm. time mm -hmm. and the way one child internalizes it and one child absolutely doesn't right right um your perspective on it is 100 what makes it the trauma right right and right so 
was it traumatizing enough for you that you needed to do shadow work? Yeah. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. Was your time span such that people were unwelcoming to who you were? Yeah. Absolutely. Right. right. You know, like my daughter is blessed to to have grown up never needing to hide who she is from me. Right. Whereas right. <clears throat> I only just came out to my parents like three four months ago <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm, okay <laughs> mind you everybody on my social media knows everybody in my real life knows right, right. It was never right. something that first off i never felt like i needed to broadcast it because right i'm an i'm an 80s baby you're not sleeping with me why the fuck do you need to know what i do in my bedroom that shit's weird <laughs> so that's just that's just right. me like i'm, right, I'm right. from the 80s like who i sleep with is my business and why you're asking me about it is fucking weird and is your business. Like, <laughs> close, right? right, right. So I never felt like I needed to <laughs> step out of the closet because, right. That was like, I'm not really in a closet. This is just who I fuck. Like, right. Y'all right. weird. <laughs> but um, in order to stop these strange concepts of what was going to improve my life, my mom's, you know, old school Christian, she's all like, you gotta get a good man and i was like look lady <laughs> at this late stage of the game i'm about to get divorced i've had nothing but shit relationships with men thanks to your crappy tutelage as a parent <laughs> you know what's yeah i mean i you know i mean i oddly enough for all the dysfunction in my family uh me being a lesbian has been the least of the problems between me and my parents so you so that's that's you're right you are blessed if that's the minimum yeah yeah that's that's um, that's always been uh yeah that's never really been an issue but you know Kimra in my adulthood I mean as recently as the past let's say three or four years uh, which I mean that work with Hecate is as recent as the past three or four years She's been, on um, a, she's been on a rampage the last couple of years. To be yeah, honest. that's true. Yeah. Um, and I'll tell you, of, of the many goddesses that I worked with over the years, she was the one that made herself known the most. Like, mine it was, was for, like, like, yeah. No, mine was like, Lilith. We, uh, Lilith. I, I, I have an episode uh, in the second season with Manette Chilson, and we're talking about Lilith and Eve. And my friend Carla, who has a podcast called uh, The Goddess Project, has a really great episode about Lee, about Lilith. Oh. Um, anyway, so the things that I had to look at and what I really struggled with the most and, and within the past two years, what I had to, you know, I started thinking of it as bringing whatever I was struggling with, I bring it to the altar, right? Like I broke the habit of when I was struggling emotionally, my first instinct used to be to call somebody, to call a close friend and bitch and cry mm. and blah, blah, blah. And I don't do that anymore. My instinct yeah. now, when I struggle, and I struggle rarely these days, that's the truth. Nice. But when I was struggling then, by then, I had learned how to, when I was disturbed in some way, shape, or form, I would take it to the altar. 
and take it to the altar. I'm upset about something, I take it to the altar. I'm crying about something and I don't know why I'm crying, I took it to the altar. I'm fucking pissed mm -hmm. off about something and that person's driving me nuts, I took it to the altar. And through that process, I learned how to take everything to her, everything to her first. That's what I started doing too, honestly. But mine was for kind of a different reason. I had no one else. So right. I spent 30 years in Florida, basically in a wasteland of no other practitioners, no honestly decent human beings, except for like three um, and no one to teach me anything. So I had to go to her to get anything. Like if right. I was going to survive this mess, that was my life and the circumstances. And I, I ran into a lot of actual demons in Florida, which is fascinating. Like I know I said earlier that there's not actual evil things. There are, but there's a different, there's a different way that that falls into the the purview of spirituality. Right. right and right. so um, um, when I was taking on other people's demons and their health issues and their problems, mm -hmm. That's when I had to learn to stop going to people for help because I would yeah. go to them for help and take their shit back with me. Right. So that was a fail for me. Right. So <laughs> I got burdened with right. so much other people's stuff. I went and found a, um, damn, now I'm going to mess up the word, a Santero. A Santero. Okay. Okay. And, um, and I'm grateful, honestly. There have been, four spiritualists that I've had to rely on in my life mm -hmm. to get me closer to the goddess. And I am fucking grateful for them. Yeah. One of them is the gentleman who I'm still friends with to this day. It's been like 20, 23 years. We've had some fallen outs and we still come back and talk to each other. Mm -hmm. um, my ex best friend who I had to fall out with before she passed away, but she's passed on. And now I know she's hanging out in the ethers, checking on us. Right. Then my current mentor and bestie who taught me Reiki, fabulous human being, Melissa Hay too. She's out in, in Italy. Bomb distance Reiki healer. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Bomb. Okay. And then the lady who put me into the priestesshood of Bastet in 2005. I don't even know where that woman is, to be honest. She was somewhere in Georgia. But... <laughs> She's the one that initiated me to the to the mysteries of the goddess from from Egypt, which had been something I'd studied from childhood. So that was perfect. And these amalgamation of those four human beings, four angels in human flesh, I like to call them. Yeah, they are the ones that helped pulled me out of the abyss. Right. That was was all of my generational trauma, my abuse, and all this other dumb crap that happened to me in my life. Right. Right. And right. So that's what allows me to be as clear and as focused as I am now. Right. I'm not going to say that I'm like the best person on the planet or the most successful person or the planet or the most knowledgeable person on the planet. I'm right. none of the, right. Like the right. more I know, the more I realize how little I know, period. I'm right. like, I'm, right. I'm dumb. <laughs> <laughs> like, my, my, uh, my mantra is often, what the fuck do I know? I don't know. Here's the, here's what I think, but you know, what do I know? I don't know. Look, I, I will always tell people, this is what I've learned in my experience. This may not hold water for you at all. You have to take what resonates and leave what does not. That's right. That's and right. that's, that's always my, my viewpoint on it. 
things. I can only speak from the level of my experience and what has happened for me and what I have dealt with. Now, have I experienced and dealt with a lot? Sometimes I feel like more than other people, but it's for the express purpose of being of service now. Right. Like it's literally now. So now right. I'm not um, a freshman on the boat. I'm a senior working on my PhD type thing. <laughs> right, right. 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 Because right. 11 years down the road, dude, I'm a damn doctor. Like, let's be honest. Right. Right. It's not some shit that I started last week or three years ago. Um, right. Right. I have right. a vast amount of knowledge on a variety of topics. I don't know what to tell you. But it's only for the purpose of helping others. Like, that's all I can, I've figured out. Like, after I, like, detailed all the crap that I knew, I'm like. Right, right. Only help other people because otherwise it's just a box of useless knowledge. So right. I was listening, I not that long ago, I was listening to, I can't remember what his name was. Somebody I was watching on YouTube and he said, um, any spiritual path that doesn't include being a service to others is destined to fail. Or at least we'll have limitations, right? We'll only take you so far. I mean, it's it's written into, I mean, we are wired for that in the same way that we are wired for connection with others. That whole, we really are all one. Like I believe wholeheartedly in that. I believe that wholeheartedly, yeah. And, and, you know, Kimra, through this connection that I've always had, but that in the past few years, I've really cultivated with the goddess. I got to tell you, I worry about very little and I rarely beat myself up for fucking anything. And that, that was the biggest shift for me because I learned how to take all that stuff to the altar when I was in the thick of it a couple years ago, when we first moved back here, mm-hmm. um, I had shit come up for me. I didn't even know I had. I had all kinds of guilt and shame about sex stuff and like kinks that I'm interested in, but I never tried to explore. I brought it all to her. And I had a fucking meltdown over a conflict I had with a friend. I ended a friendship I'd had for like 16 years Mm -hmm. and it was hard and it was painful. And I found the goddess in Florence in the machine, which is why I have a tattoo that has lyrics from, from shake it out, which is I am done with my graceless heart because not only was I not allowing grace into my heart, I was also not offering many people grace from my heart. So, yeah. And since then, like I said, it has just gotten better and better and better and better. And I am, I feel more free and I feel more like I'm living my authentic self than I ever have before. Correct. Yeah, I'm the same. I, I, my decade of the thirties was a lot of stripping away of friendships and people and concepts of self that were not me. And entering into my, my forties, I have that pretty much nailed down. I'm like, that's not me. This is me. That's not me. This is me. That's not me. Gets a hard fuck. No, like it's just, I have solid ass boundaries. My boundaries are the, are my biggest celebration 
because I was a boundaryless fool forever. Right. And it, it hurt. Right now, yeah. my boundaries allow me to move through even the most tragic events um, with grace and ease. And people look at me and they're like, how do you do it? And how do you look so good? And I'm like, this is inner work that you're watching. This has nothing to yeah, do yeah. Honestly, with my physical vessel. My physical vessel is still very much ill. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I feel that. Yeah, 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 like my physical vessel is racked in pain most of the time. I'm suffering from mold illness. My daughter is too. Mm. Like the doctor's appointment I had that called me this morning. Um, so a lot of what I'm doing right now is reconstructing my physical body from yeah. the toll of the last 30 years of spiritual and physical and emotional abuse. Yeah. Period. Now, do I look great doing it? Yeah, that's skills. <laughs> <laughs> right right that's skills because i have learned to just lean on the goddess for all things like you were saying yes and um and that's what allowed me to survive being traumatized in a hospital and then literally pick up from that hospital and move two thousand miles away to a place where i have really no place to set up shop and then still find a way to set up shop and thrive right 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 you don't do that without practice faith right. and the god moving you and you listening to how she moves you right the over the years that voice in my head that i identify as hers has become crystal fucking clear do you know that her voice is not separate for me at all i can't hear her separate from who i am any longer we've merged oh. so so oh. smoothly at this point um that I, I i can't i don't even know how to explain it all right let so me you so you hear her in your voice i mean it must be my voice because it's in english right i love that for us right We're speaking <laughs> for in english. but it does sound i don't know there's something about it that sounds Different. different or maybe right. it's just the way that it feels like i, I don't like the podcast is a perfect example that was a very that was a divinely inspired idea right i know sometimes when i have an idea that it clearly did not come from me correct right it hits like a lightning bolt and i'm like okay clearly this is a thing that she wants me to do so there's okay so this is where once again i have to really be honest thus the blurred line between my humanness and her divinity are almost non-existent at this phase because right. i've had right. to rely on her so much for simple survival okay. just to survive right. the things that i've been through right so and because i'm also a channeler right and if you look at my astrology I have very, um, I have a lot of my planets are in spiritual houses and I'm a Scorpio. So I tend to live on the brink of the veil any damn way. Right, right. <laughs> so, so for me, it's four breaths, if I want to, four breaths and Kimra goes away and the goddess comes in. Yeah. Four. I can't honestly hear her distinctly as separate from me because of that 
it's right. just a melting away of of my humanness and right. allowing her divinity to rise up right and then she says what she has to say um and how do i trigger her to be in that place like how you found that podcast i was like i get up every morning and i i talk to the goddess while i'm showering right so i do a I have a squad meeting when I shower. I call my spirit guides and my ancestors and my angels and yeah, the ETs yeah. and the galactics and the dragons. I'm like squad. Yeah. We're having a meeting, right? There's a fucking kerfuffle of them. There's a bunch. Uh -huh. of them. And so we get in the shower together and have this squad meeting and in, in the water touching me and running yeah. through my body and I'm connecting myself to the crystalline grid which is why mm -hmm. it's it's fascinating that you said the diamond headed goddess that makes sense because the crystalline grid of Gaia is that it's right right it's this it's the multifaceted multi crystal uh, understanding of her network throughout the entire planet and so right. by tapping into that every day right then I'm connected. Once I'm connected to her, I'm not closing the connections. So I right, don't right. have to hear an external, not really an external, but I don't have like a separation of her speaking. It's just like, beam me up, Scotty. It's just like, drop, drop, right, right, drop, right, drop. right. And so depending on my receptiveness and my openness, it will be a clearer drop or it'll be a muddier drop, right? But right, right. There's always a drop because I prefer to stay connected because being disconnected sucks. Like, I just don't. <laughs> oh, my God. Like, it's real I simple. Say this, like, I say this all the time. I only suffer when I go astray. <laughs> you know? Legit. Legit. Like, if I find that I'm really, like, aggravated or anxious or I'm like, I need to ground. I need to drop what's on me to the goddess. And then I need to draw her back into me to gain perspective. Yeah. And so that's part of my process. Part of my process is dropping what's bothering me, removing cords from daily interactions. Right. A lot of people don't do that. They don't do daily cord cuttings. I cut cords from my child. <laughs> and people yeah. are like, really? I'm like, yes. Because I don't need to be taking on her emotional state. I don't need to be taking on her anxiety. She has her own shit to do, right? right. Like, and that's poor empath etiquette also to let people bleed all over you. Right. So when you're setting your boundaries, when you're setting up shielding, when you're setting up your grounding, you have to do this energetic maintenance. And it requires like, if you know that you're a people pleaser, you know that you're an empath, you know you take on people's shit, when are you taking it off? right right <laughs> most people aren't and they're like why is my life a disaster well, right that's right the first thing i learned i learned that my life was a disaster because i was in everybody else's business i was in everybody else's energy i was in everybody else's shit and none of it was mine and i was messing myself up i couldn't focus on anything i couldn't get anything done right and then that was the shadow work oh well this is not me take it out this is me keep it this is not me. Take it right, out. Right. Me. Keep it. And you have to start to learn to do that with your emotions. Not every right. emotion that you have is yours. A lot of times it's the collective. Right. And when the I started to pay attention to that, I started to pay attention to when I would get attacked with feel like suicidal feelings. Suicidal feelings in the collective, the last five years has been mm. at all 
time high. Yeah. And, and if you're not aware that there is a separation between your emotions and the emotions of the collective, you're going to get swept up in that. Mess. Right. Right. You're going to end up in the, in the hospital talking about, I want to kill myself. Right. And, and rightfully so. There's a lot of reasons to not want to be on this planet. Lots. Right. Okay? But you have to find why you're here. Right. And, and, and why you're here is what keeps me here. I'm here because right. there are people who need my experience, who need to understand the things that I have learned through being stubborn and stupid, <laughs> being a twat and an asshole to people, being hostile and ungrateful, like all of those things. It's not like I was perfect and amazing to begin with. I was a shithead. Let's be real. Right? right. I was a crappy mom when my kid was young. I was a horrible partner to my daughter's father. Like, I'm not, I'm not perfect. Right. But have I strained to make myself better? Have I tried to do no harm as we were taught, you know, right. on the way right. path? Right. Like, yeah, I have. Now, do I still practice spell work for the most part no like you you know uh, just because i don't have to anymore it's interesting like right you clean up a lot of shit you don't need as much spell work to accomplish right. things right which is great and i have seen that progression with a lot of other witch practitioners in my life they're like yeah i'm a witch but i don't really do spell work anymore i don't really need to right. i do a lot of law of attraction gratitude yeah. like yeah. gratitude will take you way farther than a spell way i believe that I believe that way farther. And then this other business of boundaries and cord cutting and knowing what is you and what is not you. Those are important. And that's why shadow work is important. So you can start to distinguish what is in your monkey mind that is actually you. And what is like things your parents told you? What is things society told you? What is things your boyfriend or your girlfriend told you? Cause we internalize all those things and they become our negative self-talk. And right. you have to strip that away and then start doing what I call, um, well, not what I call, but what is known as cognitive, cognitive behavioral therapy. Right, start right. replacing those negative things with positive things until the bulk of what's circling in your mind right. is positivity about you. Right. Because then you can survive yourself. Otherwise, right. you're here hating yourself and hating others. And when you're hating yourself, you're disconnected. Right. I was just talking to a friend about that. Actually, I have this conversation with a lot of people in my life a lot. Like, I don't know when that when that feedback loop started, right? Like, the more I like me, the more I like you, the Correct. nicer I am to me, the nicer I am to you. And right. I don't know where it started. Or maybe it was the nicer I am to you, the nicer I am to me. But it doesn't matter. It is a feedback right. loop. And I just have to do my my part, right? So for me, I noticed that it was, I treat everybody else so much better than I treat myself. And so that's I, like the fucking human condition. I mean, I could say that about everybody I know. Almost everybody, right. And then what I realized was, I need to treat myself at a bare minimum how I treat others. Whoop. Right. So when I right. <laughs> whoop. When I brought that to myself and was like, would you let your friend say these things that you're saying to yourself? And I was like, fuck no. Well, 
I say that to the people that I care for all the time. I take it off you and put it on me. Would you say that to me if I were doing what you're doing? And and What's that's different? when I that's What's when I different? gave myself grace. That's right. when I learned to give myself grace. grace. And then every day since then has been an exercise in learning to extend myself grace and then introduce boundaries because a lot of times I'm not giving myself grace because I'm resentful because I took on something that wasn't for me to take on. Right. And I'm then I'm reactive and angry. Does that make yeah, sense? It does. We've talked a lot about shadow work, what it is. We haven't really talked about what it isn't, but I think people that listen to this podcast have a kind of came in here already having at least a, a vague notion of what shadow work is. Um, I always feel, on the one hand, I feel like, well, some things we need to explain for the benefit of listeners, because maybe they don't know what we're talking about. And on the other hand, I'm like, yeah, but if they listen to this show, they probably they have do know what we're talking about. But still, I want to like cover all my bases. So, um, yes, facing our trauma, facing the, the uh, how do I want to say that? The less than admirable qualities of ourselves. Uh, for me, a lot of that was identifying where those traits originated from, which was usually in response to some sort of trauma. I had a friend who was a therapist and she used to talk about big T trauma and little T trauma, right? right? Like big T trauma, um, rape like assault assault, assault right yeah Attack. Uh, little, little t trauma you know somebody who's just not giving like, you your needs like right? being so like, raised by a narcissist but see being raised by a narcissist well that kind of is big t trauma is a but, big but, t yeah, but yeah. you get what i'm saying right little right. t trauma just a little niggling from someone here and there and here and there and here and there versus constant onslaught and assault right right like right. so a lot of people can pinpoint the big t trauma but yes. shadow work helps you with the little t traumas right? yes um yes. like the things that we take on from our parents that really aren't us and don't serve us right, right. like when you i don't know do you have children no okay well <laughs> congrats number one <laughs> number two i have a child and mm -hmm when i heard my mom come out of my mouth that wasn't that was an awakening that was yes i hate it it still happens to me now still yeah. happens to me now right you hear your mom say something and you're like lady get oh, get out of my head yep yeah <laughs> right so addressing those things right so if you yeah. haven't had a life of harm and hurt and abuse and people taking advantage of you first off congratulations i'm so yeah. happy for you yeah. and i'm not being condescending no, i know i know grateful that you haven't had this level of fuck shit that i have okay perfect yeah. but there are still places where you can do shadow work to allow yourself to expand why right. Because right. like i said shadow work allows you to find the inner goal that will help you thrive and really love your life so right. oftentimes this comes back into boundaries like how can I be happier? 
well, I have the tendency to overpromise my time because my mother was a Christian and she said that I had to be like God and do for others until there was nothing left for myself. That's not a big T trauma. Okay. Right, right. But it's a very common little T trauma that majority women go through and they're always excessively giving of themselves and not saving anything at all. So then right. they burn out and all of these things. Right. So, well, and that's, that's a societal programming, right? I mean, so much of this shadow work is really just about un, unlearning societal programming. The yes. bulk of it is, yes. I'm going to be honest, the bulk of it is, and then you can add the added layers of, abuse and trauma and all those things right so right, that, right. that gives you an extra package right like i call right. it the empath curse you know i'm like here's your empath curse package sexual <laughs> assault people taking advantage of you being robbed domestic violence <laughs> like, right, right. <laughs> yay and uh and a narcissist on a day <laughs> <laughs> what the heck right so yeah, yeah. So yeah. those that's how you have to look at it. There's if you find that you're not happy or you find that you're resentful or you find that you're not able to speak up and ask for what you need, that's a reason to do shadow work. Because yeah. there's a reason why you don't feel capable of expressing what you want. Like right. remember you were talking about the the kinks. You you no one told you you couldn't have the kinks, but you still mm -hmm. didn't feel free to explore them. Right. And you didn't right. have the partners who created safe containers for you to explore. Right. So that's a level that people need to go into. Um, right, I right. find it's extremely important to at least take a couple of kink tests to see if there is something that you might be interested right, in. Right, right. Because sex is a continuum also. And if, right. and if you can match your kink to someone else who can fill that uh, right right less chance of screwing up your relationship okay <laughs> mm. so all levels of things need to be taken into a con into account when you're building the persona of you your sexual right. health your emotional health your spiritual health and shadow work will help you quantify where you stand in that like right. you know if you wanted to break down all of these categories in areas of one through ten on on like on a level of one through ten, how much sex do I feel I need to be satisfied in a relationship? It's good to know these things. Right. Relationships are ruined over not knowing these things. Yeah. You have a partner who is maybe leaning towards asexuality because we're only just talking about that now, right. um, and so they don't feel the need to have relations. Well, if you have a partner who wants relations three times a day, baby, that's a fail. Right, and, right. And if everything else in their relationship matches, then you may end up having a cheater instead and a right. working relationship. And and if it's not a conversation where they discuss the cheating, then you add in now a new level of uns of dis of like lack of safety because the at home right. partner is now available to be exposed to whatever the external partner is bringing home because they're cheating because they're not fulfilled. Right. right? So like I, I'll tell you, I'll tell you, Kimra, I, my wife and I have a very successful marriage and we are the envy of 
some people, I assume, I don't know, maybe that's arrogant, but no, I love one, that. Of the re- one of the reasons that we have such a su- successful marriage is because we are both equally invested and committed. And Cindy asked me when we first met and we first started dating, she said, I just need you to tell me that if we ever have problems, you're willing to go to couples counseling. And I said, absolutely. And you know what? We have had to do that. And we've had to do it more than once. But you know what? Beautiful. We're both committed. And that's We're how both committed. Right. And you know what? With every challenge that we have ever had in 13 years, it'll be 14 years this year, um, we have always come back stronger and more in love than we were before. So, And, and look, but look how intelligent and how discerning she was to start off and say, are you willing to go to couples therapy? And then now here's the second part. You actually went when shit went to the, to, to, to the dogs. Okay. Yeah, yeah. A lot of people will say stuff in the beginning of a relationship that they don't actually mean. We were both very committed to neither one of us repeating the patterns of our past. Look, that's, that's 97% of winning. <laughs> yep. Because we'd both done enough work. Correct. We'd both done enough shadow work to know why we had the patterns that we had you see and we no longer wanted to fulfill them and we so were not we were not a slave to those patterns because we knew ourselves well enough to know why exactly and we, knew, we knew that we had a choice we knew we had a choice so i wasn't a slave to my past or my past decisions and i also wasn't a slave to why i made those those decisions that weren't in my self-interest and see, and that's the importance of shadow work right there. Because once you have started to see your patterns, address the patterns, then you can get ahead of them instead of being right. attacked by them. Right. You and catch then them you're earlier. Not delusional. You're not delusional and you don't accidentally harm people through your own delusion. Right. Right. Like I'm 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 going through a divorce, so I'm not entertaining people right now and i won't entertain people for at least maybe another two years to be honest so Mm -hmm. i can unpack this relationship properly and a lot of people don't take the time in between relationships to unpack them so that they don't repeat them right it's something that i've been talking about a lot this year oddly enough in the last like three or four months also um but in between relationships you have to sit down and go what went wrong on my side and on that other person's sides, what red flags did I ignore? What things, Where? how did I dishonor myself? A lot of people don't recognize that they don't honor their own choices. And by not honoring their own choices, they actually do a disservice to themselves and the person that they're in the relationship with. Right. Because you're only going to breed resentment when you don't honor yourself. Right. Well, and that's the thing. I mean, you talk about boundaries and red flags, but what I know is that I have to set boundaries. We talk about boundaries and red flags, but we always want to talk about that about as if it's about the other person. It's not. I need to know my own red flags and I need to set boundaries for me. For me. For me. I know that when I do this particular thing, like uh, if I'm insecure in, I mean, obviously I'm not looking for romantic relationships, but I meet people and I make friends. And mm-hmm. if I find myself... Um, not wanting to talk about specific things. If I find, I even find that my, like my voice will have a slightly higher pitch in conversation with those people. If mm. I see any sign of approval seeking, 
or fear of rejection, that is a fucking red flag for me, my friend. And that Same means thing. that that something in that person is not safe for me. And I need, doesn't mean we can't be friends, but it means I need to pay attention to how that friendship develops. Correct. And I you need know? to, I need to pull back and assess how I am taking on whatever they have or whatever, right. how, and, how and, overextending and that, myself. Right. Correct. And that pulling back is my boundary for me, Correct. not for them. For they have not no for- idea what's going on in here. Right. You know? Right. <laughs> exactly. And, and for me, what I've also learned to do as I'm like understanding more about being neurodiverse and um, unpacking all of that mess, I have learned that narcissism and ADHD have a very similar love bombing stage. Mm. So I give, for the most part, all new friendships and relationships 90 days. It's, a, wow. it's an assessment period it's a 90 day assessment period like they would at a job because after 90 days my adhd runs out of dopamine and i could give two fucks about you so if you're i usually usually give new friendships a year wow no you you got (laughs) 90 90 days days all right because i'll find out the truth of how well we are going to interact when the dopamine runs out right right And 90 days is all it takes to happens at every damn job I've ever been in for the whole, <laughs> the whole of my life. <laughs> like the nice. whole, that's my, that's my pattern. I know that in 90 right, days, right. I will be able to assess the bulk of what I need to assess to decide whether or not we are going to continue forward. And at that point, I will tell you how we're moving forward. Right. Right. And I tell people that now going right. in, I'll be like, Hey, we're doing this thing and it seems to be working out great. And I love you so much, but we are going to reassess this every month until we know where right. we stand. Right. Okay. Right. And, and and your reality and my reality bleed into each other. And the real, the real reality shows up. Right. It's a honeymoon phase. I've got real strong ADHD and I love people, but most people irritate my soul. Cause I need a lot of alone time. Right. right. So I have to be realistic about that. And and I have to be realistic about my intensity. Right. Right. And the other parts of my personality that are difficult for other people to deal with. Okay. I'm very, I'm very much aware of the type of asshole that I am I'm completely 1000% on board with <laughs> the unsavory versions of me and why people don't <laughs> like. Me. All right. Kimbra. So at the end of every show, I ask all the guests the same three questions. Okay, I'm ready. Are you ready? I'm gonna Don't worry, they're, they're, they're fun. They're fun. Okay, <laughs> question number one. Tell me something about yourself that people would be, that people who know you would be surprised to learn. I, hmm. What would they be surprised to learn about me? I don't know. I kind of let all my shit hang out. Uh, I don't know. I was surprised to learn you live in fucking Florida for 30 years. <laughs> that was a fucking nightmare. It's not even, I like to gloss over that shit. Um, what would most people be surprised? They would be surprised to know maybe that I've been sexually assaulted multiple times in my life because I don't feel like I carry that. I don't carry my victimhood like a badge i'm assuming um well there you go making it fun (laughs) 
I can't. I'm a Scorpio. Like we're always in the toilet or we're always in the depths of despair. Like it's like, like uh, listen, one thing you'll no notice about me that you don't know. I can't do small talk or surface level anything. I know. I know. I know. It's just ending the show with a little, with a little levity, levity of that song. <laughs> All right. All right. So question two, what is your current favorite TV show or movie? Hmm. Well, that's hmm. I've actually watched several recently because I'm kind of sick, so I, I I lamp a lot in front of the Netflix. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, I just watched a show called Diablero. What is Diablero. it called? Diablero. So it's okay. uh, it's I want to say it's a Mexican show. It's I'm definitely watching it subtitled in another language. Um, but I think you can get it without the subtitles in another language on Netflix. But I really like that show because it's about demons. And okay. um, the accuracy with which they portray the corruption of the Catholic Church mm. really just gives me the warm and fuzzies. Okay. <laughs> All right. Yeah, that it's a great show. It's got a lot of um you know, relevant occult references to that I'm like, okay, they're not completely pulling this out of the Hollywood bullshit box, right? So funny you should say that cuz Kendall and Carla, my occasional co-hosts, mm -hmm. there's an episode that we're doing uh for season 2 about that very thing about where they've gotten it wrong in retellings of uh mythology so in many. popular in popular culture because there's so many exactly uh so okay so Hold final on. question uh what would be the theme song to the soundtrack of your life honestly um Although I want to laughingly say, I'm still alive. I'm still alive. That's not it. It's the actual soundtrack is a song called You by Petite Biscuit. And okay. It's my, it's the song that brings me home to me. Okay. No matter where I am, no matter how angry I am, no matter how ungrounded or off center, um, I'm on the spectrum. And so I use music a lot to... Mm -hmm, mm -hmm make my brain do what I need it to do. And right. if I am, let me rephrase this. The way that I'm able to navigate traumatic events without staying in the trauma and without internalizing it as much is because I've created the ability to use this one song to not only shield me from things, but to remind me that I am not my trauma. I am who I am. I'm Kimra. I'm in service to the goddess and the goddess is always with me. Right. And so yeah. that's, that's my, that's my touch point, my, my tether. Yeah. So I don't lose. And it, that song hasn't changed in the last, Ooh, when did I get this song? Oh, I think it's been about seven years. Yeah. And still has the efficacy to snap me back into who I am. Right. I right. I thought that I might be shifting to a new song 
over the last six months. I was like, ooh, are we, have we upgraded? <laughs> and then, you're not like in a bad way, right? Right, right. But, but then it was like, no, this is the core of who you are. And I was right, like, right. okay. I said, okay. And that, and so that's my song. It's you by Petite Biscuit. And I, and one of the things that I've noticed, this is a law of attraction thing. Mm-hmm. When I picked that song and started playing it repeatedly to wrap myself in this like melodic cocoon of self, mm-hmm. uh, that song then became extremely popular in advertisings. And I was like, oh, I hear it everywhere. And now mm-hmm. it's pretty like regular mainstream. I've seen it on a couple of Netflix shows and I'm like, right, right. Like, nice, nice. Right. So that's my song. All right. Well, thank you, Kimra. Thanks for, for being yet another person who I reached out to as a complete stranger and was like, Hey, I'm Kelly. I have this podcast. This is what it's about. You want to come on the show? And you were like, sure. Sure, why not? It, it amazes me every time that happens. Every time that happens since I started. I'm like, and people are always willing. And I thank the goddess for that, right? Because I'm well, drawn I- to the right people at the right time and they and they are open. That's what I was going to say. I was going to say that on this path, I have found that the people I'm meant to meet are always available to me because I'm supposed to, right? So when someone reaches out to me, I'm like, the goddess has has work for us to do. That's it. Everything to me, like you were saying, is what the goddess has asked me to do in service. Like, how am I in Fitchburg, the middle of nowhere, of Massachusetts, one of the coldest parts of the state, which ugh, I'm from sunny Florida. I'm crying. Right, right. I'm Haitian. I'm a Caribbean girl. Like, where's my island and my water? Right. But there is a need here, and there's right. an opportunity for me to be in service to others. All right. Well, again, Kimra, thank you very much. And as I say to all of my guests at the end of the episode, May the blessings and the love of the goddess be with you. Thank you. I received that and hope the same for you. Have a great day. Thanks. You too. Bye-bye. Thanks for watching or listening. If you want more of The Girlfriend God, you can find The Girlfriend God and The Girlfriend God podcast on TikTok, Instagram, and Facebook. The Girlfriend.